On today's show, our special guest is Holly Smith, the chef and owner of Cafe Juanita in Kirkland, and we have lots of calendar items and news from around town. It's all coming up next on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... B&E Meats and Seafood, your neighborhood butcher with four locations to serve you in Des Moines, Burien, Newcastle, and the top of Queen Anne Hill. Unique products, great meats, the freshest seafood, and a knowledgeable, friendly staff make shopping at B&E Meats and Seafood the best choice. Hi, I'm Chef Jeremy Tucker with Cedar Creek Estate Winery in Kelowna, British Columbia, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the October Seattle Dining Show, number 1710. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, Publisher of Seattle Dining. I'm here. And I would like to thank Derek Roberts, who took stepped in for me last month. So thank you, Derek, for taking care of that. I thought he did a good job. He did a good job. It, I was it, a little it, nervous it, when I listened to it. I was like, is he taking over? Is yeah, he better? Yeah, you thought you might be getting replaced, huh? Yeah, I was hoping <laughs> there might be a, a buyout package or something. <laughs> No, Derek's got to keep that, uh, where's he work at downtown there? Yeah, is it Zulily or something? Zillow. Zillow. Yeah, he's got to keep that Zillow thing going. Yeah, somebody's got to keep that thing going. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, today we are going to talk about fall because uh, as we're recording this, fall has arrived. Um. And I was talking to some friends last night, boo-hooing, about the end of summer. I know. Last night I was in the room here watching the television thing, and it was 84 degrees in the house. The television thing? Yeah. You sound like you're 95 years old. It's a television thing. It's a television thing. Yeah, the television thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were sobbing over dinner about the sun going away, and we started saying, you know, I, don't, I started saying, I do get excited about cooking at this time of year because I think of stews and one-pot dishes, and they were like both at the same time, pot pie, pot mm. pie. So I thought, oh, i got to try making pot pie this year. Mm. So, I mean, you know, being inside your house when the weather is raging outside, it is very cozy and it's full of aromas. I do like that. The aromas of pot pie? Yes. Chicken you know, I, beef. I'm not a big fan of pot pie. Well, you're not a... Flower. Well, I went to boarding school. Oh. And there was that one night that 120 of us all had the pot pies. Oh, that was that story. And the pot pies had been defrosted and refrozen. And so three or four hours later, you had 120 sick kids at boarding school. That is ugly, ugly, ugly. So it's, it's been tough for me with pot pies over the years. Yeah, you and Marie Calendar are not best friends. <laughs> well, Marie Calendar left town. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can still see Marie in the frozen section of your oh, local grocery. Yeah, just what I want to do. In the, <laughs> in the frozen, unfrozen, refrozen section of my grocery oh. store. This this was like one of my, now this isn't really Marie Calendar. It was a, a salad dressing called Marie's salad dressing. Uh-huh. And this was my dad's joke all the time. Somebody would open the refrigerator and he'd say, close that, Marie's dressing. 
Oh. King of puns. King of puns. <laughs> so, uh, so it's fall. Yes, it is. So uh, we've got new new things we can uh, jump into here, and there's also things that are kind of on their way out right now. Uh, for those who who can't see me, which is everybody listening right now, <laughs> I can see him. Uh, I've got my grid in my hand that I made myself of when things are in season here in Washington State. And it's on a 11 by, no, an 8.5 by 14 sheet of paper, and it's full, and I'm noticing that there's some things I need to add to it. So I'm going to have to go to the bigger format even. Oh, yeah. But uh, apples are in. I just um, just bought, well, we had it the other day. I bought one uh, organic Honeycrisp, and it was quite good. It was crisp. Yeah. Sometimes the organic apples aren't really crisp. It's sad, but this was really good. So apples are really good right now. Yeah, and you know, the only apples I'll buy are organic because I don't want all the pesticides. Um, and so the Honeycrisp just kills me because they're four bucks or more. Like three ni- I paid three ninety nine a pound, I think. Three ninety nine, three forty nine or three ninety nine. And you can yeah. find them like at Trader Joe's for less, but so the quality is not there either. Yeah. And also, they do have them in bags, and you can't see them all. Uh, was it? No, it was uh, somebody else who told me this. They bought it. They were so excited, and they got home, and about half of them were mush. Yeah, that happened to us last year. I think we bought a bag of them okay. at Trader Joe's. So, yeah. So yeah, um, I always love my Honeycrisp. We used to make those uh, smoothies with, with the Honeycrisp honey juice. Yeah. With the juicer. That was always good. I saw at QFC yesterday, um, it was like, it could be one of those manipulative things. I didn't check it out, but it was like Bob's. Honeycrisp apple juice. It looked delicious, but it was not organic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, you know, Bob's is probably a cover name for Monsanto or something. You don't think it was Bob's Big Boy? No. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. On their way out, uh, artichokes are on their way out. Oh, I love artichokes. But uh, arugula, you know, we get arugula here all year, really. We do. I mean, it got enough greenhouses and stuff. Which, yeah. so, um, it's kind of over for beets now. Interesting. Oh, wow. Uh, blueberries, we know they're out. You know, I, I did my thing this summer where I went and scooped up a ton of organic blueberries and froze them all. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm probably spending a ton on running the little refrigerator that I store them in. Yeah. So not like saving money, but... But you're getting what you want. You're getting the organic blueberries that you can use in the protein shakes. Yep. So, And, and I, I will sometimes... I did that too, but not nearly as many as you. But sometimes I'll just take some out uh, before I go to bed, and then I'll put them in yogurt, organic yogurt, the next morning, and just have a little yogurt and oh, blueberry. Oh, yeah, a little parfait. Put some uh, oatmeal some, in Yeah, there. I don't always put the oatmeal in. Sometimes I just want that fruit and yogurt. Hmm. Uh, Brussels spots are back. Hmm. And I know when I go to like uh, Central Market, I'll see the uh, the whole you know stick yeah. with all the Brussels sprouts on them. That so would be stock. You can look, yeah, the stock. Uh, let's see, uh, we're kind of high season for carrots right now, so there's lots of different kinds of carrots oh, out yeah. there. I always like the tri-colored ones. I do too. Just they're kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 and yeah, they taste good, and you know you don't feel like you're eating your mom's carrots that she mm-hmm. put down in front of you that she probably boiled or whatever mm-hmm. your yellow or your yeah. orange carrots. You know, we may have told this story before, but we were in Napa one time and went to a restaurant, and their their starch, their vegetable on the plate was 
just really simply um, tricolor carrots. Tricolor carrots, and and we went nuts. Mm-hmm. I don't think we even knew we'd not seen them before. We hadn't been aware of them. Yeah. So since that time, we've been trying to recreate the most simple carrot dish that we, you know, put in the pan and and just get caramelized and little olive oil and salt and pepper. Just. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I know we we had good success putting them in a convection oven the oh, next yeah. night. Yeah. We bought our, our, a package of tricolor carrots. We put it in a convection oven, and, and that causes all the sugars to come out and caramelize the carrot yeah. itself without adding any sugar or anything. Yeah. Um, on a recent trip that I was on, um, I was uh, down in Los Angeles, and we just took a bag of organic carrots and uh, threw them in a pan full of ghee, Ooh. and then we sprinkled them with cinnamon. Oh, and that was our starch. It was really good. I bet good. that was really good. Hey, I want to go to back to beets for a minute. Uh-huh. This is just a a, a question. Um, I would say between two and five years ago, beets went wild. It's like nobody ate beets. Only people who were seriously chefs into food thought beets were great. You know, mm-hmm. and it's always been a family joke. One of my brothers says they taste like dirt. Why would you eat them? <laughs> but all of a sudden, restaurants started doing wonderful beet dishes. Fabulous. Yeah. And, and you know, this past year when you said beets, I was thinking, I haven't seen that many beet dishes around. Is it- how I had some somewhere. I don't know where I was. I've seen them in salads, you know, but... Um, but you do have to, you know, get the right beet. You don't want to have the dirt-tasting beet, and mm. you got to cook it right, or you got to yeah. uh, maybe uh, saturate it with something, yeah. maybe like some good vinegar or something. Yeah. I, don't know. I haven't made much with beets, so I don't know what the best way to do it is, but um, I'm just wondering if it's one of those trends. Are, is the beet trend slowing, and it'll come back in a couple of years again, or is it is it just me and I haven't noticed it? Hmm. We'll have to ask the growers. Yeah. Um, we'll do that after the show. Parsnips. Parsnips are back in, but that's something mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of at restaurants. No, you see parsnip, parsnip soup sometimes, and I think it's used in other things. It's one of those sort of like a blending grape, you know. Parsnips will often be used in other dishes and not on their own. Mm-hmm. Pears. We're starting to see the pears coming mm-hmm. in from, from uh, Oregon, Washington. That would be good. You know, almost all the pears I looked at this summer were hard as rocks. Yeah, I think they. I think they they plucked them a little early, yeah. maybe because of the heat. Um, and then you know, in the winter, you can still get pears in the winter, but they've been in cold storage for six or eight months. Mm-hmm. But I think they got that pretty worked out, where it's not ridiculously, uh, you know, doesn't they don't go bad as soon as they come out of the cold right. storage anymore. Right. What about persimmons? I, 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 I what would I cook with persimmons? I always think of persimmons in things again, like either in salads or as as something on a dish part of uh you could put it in with some other vegetables and add that kind of sweetness in or put a couple beets in there with it yeah persimmons and beets i yeah. have no idea and then add some rutabaga because that's in now too <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think what it what do you get at dim sum it's not rutabaga it's a root in any case and i'm always like no thank you because it just really has no flavor oh yeah i, I know what you're talking about yeah yeah. I've, I've blanked it from my mind because I don't care for it. It's the uh, uh, the uh, blank root. That's what they yeah, call the it. Yeah, the blank root. 
Now, this is interesting. Now, my grid here says shallots are in. I've been buying shallots all year, so I guess it's just in the Pacific Northwest yeah. the shallot crops are in. Yeah, because they've been fine, too. I mean, I, I don't. when I look at shallots, I don't look at where they're from. I wonder if they even say it on the on the little signs at the store. Yeah, when you go to the store, they'll tell you. I've never seen it on shallots. I probably just never have looked. Yeah. Um, okay, on the way out, get them while they last. Get them while you can. Uh, chilies and sweet peppers. But we'll be getting stuff up from Mexico and stuff like yeah. that, too. So it's not like they're really going away. Yeah. But I know if you want to buy local, you got to exactly. do it now. And then, you know, don't don't enjoy any sweet peppers or chilies for another nine months. <gasps> Heartbreaking. <laughs> Heartbreaking. <laughs> Have to go to Let's Mama see. Will's. Winter squash. Lots mm. of things you can do with that. I do like squash season. You know our friend uh, Corey Cameron? Yeah. She put up a, a picture the other day of Vietnamese pork meatballs with a zucchini noodle. Ooh. And she just... You know, ran the ran the zucchini through the spinning. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, she get she she put up the recipe. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try these out. They look really yeah. good. Yeah, like scallions and stuff in them. Mm. And, mm. She uh, she's quite a good cook. People should follow her on Facebook just yeah. to see what she's cooking. She's she's cooking a lot of the uh, the keto. What do you call that? It's a type of eating. It's really clean eating. Oh okay. Um, Not ringing a bell with me. Not vegan, but it's... Uh... Yeah. Well, if if you've been reading our magazine, she was our chef's kitchen person last month, or in the September, mm-hmm. August-September month. And that is one of the things, if you look at her uh, website, she talks about that, that she's tr- she's a personal chef, and she's trying to help people not only with their time when they're so busy, but that they're eating healthy. And she'll sit down and talk with you about, you know, your goals. Yeah, what do you want? Yeah, and then and then gear that menu and what she makes for you um, to that end, which I think is a really good thing. And it's, um, you know, we all need to be eating a little healthier. Well, you know, it's kind of like you you always think, well, gosh, I wish that we could have a personal chef. But you can't. And then, you know, you don't want to take your chance on these uh, blue aprons and stuff like that. So having someone in the middle there like Corey is somebody that I hadn't really – encountered much of before somebody who would make you a week's worth of food that you mm-hmm. could stick in your fridge and your and your freezer and have it that same week and it's really great for you know uh dual parent working type families right. where because I, I i mean you know the the portions that she makes of some of these things are way more than i could eat yeah so yeah but it's yeah i think it's interesting um thank you for mentioning blue apron like that now they will never advertise with us yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't tried them. If they want to, you know, if they want to send us over a package, we'll give it a shot. You know, I I have to say I let that sli- slide. When all these things come up, I will get things in the mail, and it mm. says, you know, get your first meal free. Yeah, and I and I never do it because this is terrible. I don't even look it up. I am so sure it's a deal where you say, oh, okay, I'll do that. And then if you don't cancel, they just keep coming. Yeah. And I have no like, idea like, if it's like that. Like being in a record club, huh? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I just I, – I, I save it on my counter, and then I realize three weeks later I'm never going to do it, and I throw it away. So, so, uh, so let's talk about where you've been eating. Okay. Um, one of the surprises for me was um, 
down by the market, 1523 First Avenue. It's called Sicene, and it's sandwiches and grits. And I am not a big southern food eater. Grits are not really anything I, I search out. But I have to say, I had their um, barbecue. It was like a southern-style barbecue over grits. And it was really delicious. And then somebody I was with, now I'm not going to remember the name of the dish, but she got something she's had two other times, and it came as a sandwich. She goes, the first time I had it, it was like a stew. And the second time I had it, it was less damp. It was drier. And now it's like a sandwich. And she was kind of disappointed. She took a bite, and she was like, oh, my God, this is so good. And I had a bite, and it was good. Hmm. So there were four of us, and every all we you know took bites of it, and it was just really delicious. So that was kind of a fun one to find. And then Hapanesa has been on First and Union for so long, and people have told me it's the best happy hour going. And I've never been down there. And it, they say it's supposed to be fusion, but it, they thought it was uh, sort of Mexican-Japanese, but there's a lot of French in there. So Hapanesa spelled J-A-P-O-N-E-S-S-A, yeah, not, yeah. not hopping like a hopping rabbit. Exactly. Um, but we had uh, several rolls, and I tried some hotate, the scallop, and the salmon. We got a salmon sampler. It had four pieces of uh, salmon nigiri on it. Got some edamame and uh, miso soup, which was delicious. How long have they been there? Years. First four, and Union. Four, four or five years. Oh, okay. You know, it was the it was. I'm trying to remember now if it was the Greek place and then Ethan got it, or did the Greek place go in and after Ethan closed Union? I can't even remember anymore. Oh, it's right there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, they've been there years and um, really, really good. It was it was fresh and delicious, and I thought the service was uh, really nice, understated, but right there, so that was good. And then uh, Murchie out in Issaquah, I have to say I have not eaten that. They're kind of known for their biryani, but um, the reason I got... Uh, aware of them was that they, the city of Issaquah is doing construction, mm-hmm. and they've closed all these roads, and they've, you can actually get there, but all the signs say the roads are closed. Yeah. So they're, they're really hurting. So if you're out in Issaquah and feel like Indian food, go check out Murchie. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I've been traveling a bit. Uh, I ran the uh, tour over on the Olympic Peninsula for the motorcycle guys. And so uh, I ate at the Next Door Gastro Pub in Port Angeles. Oh, I haven't even heard uh, that. Yeah, it's, I think it's new. And, uh, uh, you know, Port Angeles is kind of getting up there with some better restaurants now. Oh, good. Uh, also ate at uh, the Woodfire Grill. And didn't you say you thought that changed hands? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It's called, I think it's called DL's Woodfire Grill now. No, it's always been deals. No, no, no. The first time we ate there five years ago, it was something different. Oh, okay. Um, and so um, those were good. Uh, also ate down at the Timber House in oh, yeah. Quilcene. How was that? It was excellent. Oh, it was. Really good. You yeah, know, that place really is got it together. up and down and up and down. Yep. And I'm so happy because it's a cool place. Yep, really good. Um, now, I have a couple of travel tips for people. Mm. Because, you know, we're coming into fall and people will be traveling for Thanksgiving. Uh, I, ha- I, w- I had to get breakfast at the airport the other day. Oh, yeah. And I just didn't want to do some of the things that are available there. Um, so I ended up going over to Dish Delish. Oh, yeah. Kathy Casey. Mm-hmm. 
and I ordered the breakfast sandwich, which is done in a in a panini maker. Oh, okay. And I could only eat half of it. It was that big? It was huge. It had two sausage patties in it. Wow. It had two servings of eggs in it. And I wish you had been there to eat the other half because I had to throw it away. But it was really good. And, you know, when you start messing around with stuff like like, uh, scrambled egg patties and, and, you know, sausage patties and stuff, Mm -hmm. the food quality can always be kind of a little shaky, kind of smart and finally, you know. Yeah. But uh, um, this was really good. I was impressed. So I would put uh, Dish Delish on my list of a place to uh, patronize again when I go to the airport. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody recently about airport restaurants, and a lot of them uh, are run, staffed by the overall group who manages the Uh restaurants. So I'm not sure. I can't remember what Seattle was. If they, I think they are managed by somebody else. So you can say it's Kathy Casey Dish Delish, but she doesn't have as much uh, control. Well, she definitely got a control on the food. Yeah, it's going in and out. Um, well, that's what I, they were saying, though, is that sometimes they, and maybe it's that Seattle isn't one of those. It, because, I don't think she'd put her name on it if they were using patties yeah. from Cash and Carry. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you this too. It was okay. So eight dollars for a breakfast sandwich, right? Uh-huh. But I could have split it with you, so that would have been four bucks a piece, yeah. which is what you pay for a breakfast sandwich at McDonald's, yeah. of which there are no McDonald's in any. Of LAX or Seattle yeah. Airport, I think I think they're gone out all all Interesting, the airports. Interesting, huh? So uh, did mm. that. Um, another travel tip: if you're traveling around, uh, get on the web and look up True Food Kitchen, and find a True Food if you're going to like the San Francisco area, the Los Angeles area. Florida. They have them in uh, Arizona. They have them all across the, the southern United States. And it's all clean, grass-fed, pasture-raised, uh, no pesticides on the veggies or the fruits or anything, nice wine list. And I had an excellent meal down in uh, Redondo Beach at the True Food Kitchen Oh, there. nice. Uh, and my last, uh, my last thing I'm going to mention is, is kind of a tip. But uh, it has to do with traveling. Okay. So you get to the airport, you go through the security. Now you ain't got no water, and you want some water. And so, so everyone will sell you a bottle of water for four dollars. Uh, save your money, seriously. Um, <laughs> just go over to any bar oh, in the uh, yeah. uh, airport and say, "Can I have a glass of water?" And when you need more, just go over and get it refilled. And then, mm. if you don't have any water on the airplane, hey, you're not going to die over two hours of a flight <laughs> or three hours by not having any water. And mm. you know, all the low fare airlines, they'd love to sell you another bottle of water. Only this time, it'll only be three dollars instead oh, of four. Man, so. That's my no, that's my traveling around where no. I've been eating info. I think that's all good tips, all good tips. And people, like you say, are going to be traveling. We're coming up at a holiday season. People are heading to their families' places, and good to know. Or re- on the reverse side, maybe you should be stocking water at home and charging your guests when they come three or four dollars for that bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's of water. a good idea. And then you you know kind of ease out on the how much you spent on the food to well, have everybody would, there, you know. Yeah, and it would kind of cut down your expenses on food for guests later because nobody would come back to your house. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> There's so, a way to save money. So that works if you don't care for your family and friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and why 
why should you, especially when the holidays are coming up? You should spend them alone. <laughs> Crying. All right. Let's take All a right. break. When we come back, uh, well, we got restaurants going down in South Lake Union, and we heard a rumor there's even more. So we'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is Brock from the Dahlia Lounge, and you're listening to The Seattle Dining Show. Hi, my name's Alan. And I live in Seattle, and I love going to Poppy Seattle Restaurant and eating the eggplant fries. You're here with Connie and Tom on the Seattle Dining Show, and we are heading into our News Bites discussions. Um, always know that we talk about, we pick and choose some things to talk about, but you can see all the News Bites on uh, seattledining.com under News Bites, and that is our Twitter account. Basically, we tweet things out, and it becomes our News Bites. So the first one I want to talk about is We're so good at killing two birds with one stone. Exactly. We're trying to be efficient here, efficient and effective. So the first one I want to talk about is kind of interesting because Daniel's Broiler at South Lake Union is coming back in November doing lunch. And they have they stopped this after like 2008, 2009 because – and a lot of restaurants stopped serving lunch. They just uh, couldn't well, – Yeah, I remember Palisade stopped even before – I think Palisade stopped back at the yeah. turn of the century and then they started <laughs> doing it again around 2008 yeah. or not. Ponte stopped when they were open. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of places. It was very expensive to staff, and and people couldn't afford it. So I'm hoping, you know, I'm I'm a little nervous about us entering a time when things aren't going to go well, and here they are being positive. So I'm do, hoping do they're right. That they do you think they figure they're so close to Amazonia now that they're going to get all this business, and then they're going to be sour pushed out of it because like the way it's gone for everybody else, where they're not getting the yeah. upscale dining business. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's tough to say because um, look at Shanick. I mean, right. they thought that was going to be a great thing, and the Amazonians didn't want that. They wanted fast stuff. And in fact, I was driving through that area at lunch the other day, and it is no different than it has been for about the past four or five years. With it just seems like hundreds of food trucks and lines out waiting uh-huh. to buy stuff at the food truck. So I would say the mass majority of those workers are not going to head down to. Well, maybe Union. maybe you can go over to Daniel's and pick up a, a little styrofoam box of steak bites <laughs> yeah. or something. Wouldn't that be perfect? For, I love for their steak six dollars. I'm thinking too that uh, in my mind, Daniel's is the kind of place you want to really sit back and enjoy a meal and and do it at your leisure. If you're working, that's not happening. On so, my expense account. Yeah, that's true. The, the expense <laughs> account. The managers are down there. Um. The next thing I thought was interesting, and I have so many questions about this, Oregon's Panther Creek Cellars is shutting down their Dundee, Oregon tasting room and moving to Woodenville. And we're so starting you, to see a trend, aren't we? 
Are we? Tory Moore. Well, they they didn't shut down. Tory Moore didn't shut down in they Oregon. Just they just opened a tasting room in Woodville. Yeah. I mean, Panther Creek is shutting down. So my questions are: Aren't they using Willamette Valley grapes? So are they? And isn't Dundee less expensive than Woodenville? Are they moving the tasting well, room and not the production? Or what? yeah, but see, what's happening? Woodenville is going to have a higher volume of people. Yeah, and they haven't succeeded in promoting the McMinnville Dundee area as well with wineries as we have because we've got bigger bucks up here pumping Woodenville. Yeah. It's almost like you don't even need to go to Walla Walla anymore because just about all of the you know the anchor so wineries that are out there and new ones are getting tasting rooms right in Woodenville. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I think I don't think we're abnormal in this. I think people love to go to Walla Walla and Yakima and, and visit the especially the ones that are right on the vineyards and things like that. But if you've got guests in town right. or something, you know, and you're not going to take seven people in a van and, and head over to Walla Walla. And you sure aren't you know. going to Dundee, Oregon either. Yeah. So, you know, I think they're trying to capture people who love their wine here. They'll still go over there and see the original, I'm hoping. And then you're saying that because the the Panther Creek is using all Oregon grapes, you don't think they should be allowed into the Washington wine <laughs> country that. tasting area? I'm I'm concerned about their footprint. Are they did they move production up here or is the production still down there? They're, they're gonna just... keep the production down there. Oh, okay. See yeah. you knew more about this than I did. That was my question. Yeah, they're Cause... just shutting down tasting room and moving it up here. Okay. So clearly they just didn't see the traffic they needed in that tasting room, but They'll they'll get it here, and actually that may bring more people down to Oregon. So interesting. Maybe less, and then I'd be happier to go down there. Be yeah, those people for me to stand behind and. Line. That's true. That's true. You hate those lines. <laughs> hate them. So big big happenings with Ethan Stoll. They have put anchovies and olives and barcotto on on the chopping Up for block. For sale. It's for sale, and now they're going to open an Italian inspired spot in the old Sullivan Steakhouse in downtown Seattle, which I think is quite interesting because Union is the only restaurant he's ever closed, and it was the only large restaurant. So here he is opening another large restaurant, which is kind of working against his normal theme. So it's very what this is going to be. It's, it's, it's called Cortina, 80 seats in the bar, 40 to 50 in the dining room, private event space, and they're looking at opening January, February, which is not far away. No. I'm assuming they're not going to change a lot inside. So one of our sources told us he got a super deal on on rent, yeah. renting the space. Yeah, they have. It's been empty for a while. Yeah, which is. And I think you know he, he's he's done so many little neighborhood things, and I'm sure the accounting looks at that and says, you know, you can only make so much money out of how to cook a wolf. Yeah. Um, you can be making a lot more money if you do something downtown and you've got yeah. 120 seats in it. So. Maybe. And you've got double the seats in the bar than you do in the dining room. So Oh, is it 80 in the bar yes. and 40 in the dining 40 room? 40 to 50 in the dining room. So I'm thinking, you know, wow. there's going to be – and that makes sense downtown to me. I'm not sure in a neighborhood you're going to go down and really do the after work thing and stuff like that. But all the office workers downtown who do not want to get right into traffic. Now, where's the corner that this is at? Oh, it's 7th and something. Pike. Yeah. Like 7th and Pike or 7th and Pine. You know, if you go under the convention center, that yeah. little kind of thing come out on 7th, it's right there on your left. Okay. I'm not sure what the side streets is, but um, yeah, it is Pike, I think. 
Piper Pine. Mm. But, yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see. I'm going to be really eager to get down and see what he's doing. It's going to be pizza. It's not, a, at least what I was seeing was not high-end. Pizza and pasta and appetizers. Hmm. So it's, you know, I mean, the I'm sure the dinner menu is going to be more than that. But uh, interesting. Well, we wish him all the best yeah, on it. Yeah, because we, we like Ethan. All and right. Angela. And Angela, yeah. They're both great. Cafe Campania closed after brunch on September 30th, and they're reopening for lunch on November 2nd. And it's uh, we're seeing – I've seen more of this lately, uh, uh, obviously, especially with places that have been around a while. There's a time to upgrade and renovate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of trying to do it at night after they close or not do lunch or something, they're just closing for a month. It's hard to yeah. deep clean a kitchen In, at night. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And I always liked the way the guys at the Twin Teepees used to do it. What'd they do? They'd shut down for a week every summer. Huh? They'd tell the employees, you know, That's this your is vacation? the week we're going to be shut down, and you can plan your vacation around it. And they would deep clean the kitchen. they changed change the carpet. they do all that stuff. Wow. Uh, of course, you know, they really led the way in, restaurant, <laughs> in, in restaurants in <laughs> yeah. Seattle. But, but it was a smart way to do it. And yeah. then they always had their little laundry list of things they needed to fix, whether it was, you know, any caulking in the windows or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, that, you know, it hurts to close down for six weeks or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you're spending money to do all this when you have no income. So mm-hmm. it is tough, but... Um, you got to appreciate it when it's happening. Then um, the Dungeness Crab and Seafood Festival is coming up, and uh, we've got that on our calendar. But I just wanted to bring up the fact that this year they've added oysters to the mix. And they're coming from Jamestown Seafood, and they're doing Squim Bay oysters, blue opals, jades, and sapphires. So, well, so if we don't have a red tie between now and then. Yeah, that would be so sad. But no, that's that's always a fun festival. Yeah, um, can't remember. Didn't we? We have not we wound gone. up out there one day at the end of it. I think. Did we? I don't know. I know it's a it's a big deal. I think we would have known if we'd you know run into ten thousand people. Yeah, and this is in Port Angeles, right? Yes, right downtown. Yeah, right on the pier there. Yep. Yeah. And Cafe Umbria has opened a third location. This is on the Westlake in the Westlake Steps building on Dexter and Westlake. And they're also um, doing some light fare from La Spiga, the restaurant up on Capitol Hill. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting. I I don't I was just in a Cafe Umbria for a meeting, but we, we were just like we were focused and had a small amount of time, so I didn't really go up and look at what they had. I don't know if the La Spiga thing is Something different, like new at this location only, or if, if they get food. Well, from... the Umbria is primarily like coffee. It's stuff, coffee, right? yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's a coffee shop. So they got to get their food from somewhere. Yeah, are they owned by the same people as La Spiga? No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Okay, Mm-mm. so they just got a good deal. Yeah, and then we've had a bunch of anniversaries lately. Palisade hit twenty five. The Edgewater hit fifty five. These are all in September. Foods Catering hit twenty. I think that's, you know... Seattle Dining hit 18. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's a food town, and uh, we love it. And then the other big opening, uh, amongst so many, but Duke's in Lincoln Square South finally opened. They were... uh, There's an Asian place upstairs that I don't believe is open yet. Otherwise, I think most of the ones in that area have opened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, if you're doing some holiday shopping coming up, plan to go check out these new places out in the Bellevue Square and see what they're like. 
Yeah. The, um, I'm going to say it wrong, but I think it's Fogo de Chao, uh, the Brazilian steakhouse is open. And yeah. I got to tell you, I mean, I've enjoyed, we've done this both in LA and up here, and I've enjoyed them. It's, it's a lot of food. I mean, you, you, just you have control to it. when to put your flag up. Yeah, or your little coaster thing. But um, keep I got to tell you, me. this one in Lincoln Square is gorgeous. It is a beautiful restaurant. I'm going to do a grass-fed Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's going to be huge. I wonder about <laughs> Brazilian steak or Argentinian steak. Is that oh, grass-fed? Oh, they're all eating corn. Are you they? know, they're all eating corn. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll be the first. <laughs> all right. All right, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we've got uh, highlights from our calendar. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... The Paragon Bar and Grill, your Upper Queen Anne destination for lunch, teeny time, evening entertainment, and weekend brunch. For two decades, the Paragon has served as the go-to neighborhood location while welcoming others from all over the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Visit them online today at ParagonSeattle.com. Hello, I'm Larry Graham with Queen Anne Olive Oil, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, my name is Leslie, and I'm in Seattle now, but I was in Bellingham for 15 years and have always eaten at this Thai restaurant called Busara, and it has better Thai food than even I had in Thailand, and it's amazing. are back with the Seattle Dining Show, and we're heading into the calendar section. Hey, you know what? Hmm. Uh, you know, um, when we're recording the show, this is all getting saved to some giant drive in the cloud, mm-hmm. and uh, it says we have 37 hours of space left on the drive that we're recording the show to. Mm-hmm. So how about rather than going like an hour today, we just go 37 and hours. And just get done. <laughs> it's sort of like the KNKX. We need a $600,000, and the minute we get that, we're, we won't ask you for more money. This is like... <laughs> It, once we hit 37 hours, we won't bother you anymore. Oh, we until... never asked anybody for money before. Though. No, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's start yeah. doing that. We'll spend 37 hours asking you for money. <laughs> no one is listening anymore. I can hear the radios <laughs> and laptops clicking off. So there's lots of good stuff going on on the calendar around Seattle, around the area. What do we got going on? There's a lot going on. Um, and, on, and also, again, you can go to seattledining.com backslash calendar and see all of this. And we'll give you some general information, but there's more information on the calendar of where to buy tickets and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's actually more events than what we highlight yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, on the 3rd of October, there's the Feast in the Market. That's from 5.30 to 10 p.m., and it's $90, which includes both gratuity and parking. Hey, you got to love that. there you go. And you the parking is usually 90 bucks alone, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, at least. Um, you have to be 21. It includes a wine and appetizer reception, and then you get entry to more than 20 feast restaurants to get a bite of something. Um, it benefits the neighbor, neighbor care health at Pike Place Market, which is comprehensive primary health care for low-income and uninsured people in downtown Seattle. They've now, done the a 20, lot of good work. Are there 20 feast restaurants? Are they all market? Yeah, they're all right in okay. that area. Yeah. And that's on a Tuesday night. Okay. On that same Tuesday, you're going to have to make a choice here. There's the Hop to Brew at the Zoo from 6 to 9. 
um, right in that same time period. So you're going to have to make a decision. Well, you could, you could probably hit them both. You go, you hit the feast in the market at five thirty, and leave there at six thirty. You can get to the hop to brew and by seven, and that's open until nine. So, <laughs> and then, right. but then, and that's thirty two bucks. Mm-hmm. So now you spend one hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, or you All can spend more cause. than that to do the VIP admission. This is also a over twenty one thing. All kinds of beer imports, domestic microbrews, ciders, a lot of Northwest favorites. You can buy additional tastings beyond what you get with your ticket price and concessions from Lance Catering. And then you get to meet, and I'm not absolutely positive about this, it says Zoo Animal Ambassadors. I was thinking you actually got to, I think they are actual animals. I don't think it's people who are, you know, standing in for animals and being uh, their I ambassadors. And I think it's ambassadors. I think it's probably some of the people that work there that will well, yeah. <coughs> talk to you about gorillas specifically yeah. if you need to talk about gorillas because a lot of us yeah. do. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, <coughs> it's kind of never ending with you and I and the gorillas. But um, I don't, I've been to the zoo sometimes, not, not for this event, but when they've had like the zookeepers out and they're holding bats and stuff. I kind of thought you might actually get to meet an animal. Yeah, but it's the ambassador holding the bat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not just going to let the jag, you know, run it wild. Um, On the 5th of October, we've got a beauty wine dinner at Marae Bistro and Bar in West Seattle. That's on Thursday. It's a Thursday, 6.30 to 10, 95 per person. That does not include tax and gratuity. Or parking. Or parking, but a lot of street parking out there. Four courses paired with four wines. They're doing things like quail with a Chardonnay, mackerel with a Semillon Sauvignon Blanc Muscadel, kabocha squash and duck confit with a Cab Franc Merlot mix, mm. and the wild boar rib chop with their Red Aviva of the Stones, one of their really wonderful wines. Hmm. So I think that would be pretty tasty. Sounds like a good week so far. And then we get to Friday... And and Friday the sixth and I, is the twentieth also a Friday? Uh, yes, it would be. Okay, on the sixth and the twentieth of October, Dusted Valley is doing a Meet the Wine Grower from five to seven thirty. Nowhere anywhere could I find a cost for this, so I'm thinking it might be a freebie at the tasting room in Woodenville. Wow! And this is one of those Walla Walla places who's got a tasting room in Woodenville. But they're letting you taste five new releases. Their Chardonnay, their Tall Tale Syrah, the Wallywood Rhone-style blend, Cab Franc, and a Bordeaux-style blend. Hmm. So there are going to be light bites, and that is, of course, at their Woodenville tasting room. And, and, then, and then also on Friday the 6th, you can leave there and go, oh, probably not. The Oktoberfest <laughs> Party Cruise, Waterways Cruises. Yes. What do we know about that? You know, I don't. See that there's a time. I'm not sure when that time is on that one, but it's a three-hour cruise on Lake Washington and Lake Union. You get three. There are three beer tasting stations, and you get tickets for those. German appetizers, DJ entertainment. There's a full service bar for purchase, and besides their kind of normal wine cocktails, non-alcoholic drinks, they're doing some German and local beer. There's raffle prizes. I gotta guess this is a nighttime thing because uh, it's Friday. They're not gonna do yeah, this at noon right. time on Friday. Yeah, it should be. And just to warn not warn people, but they do want people to know it's a cocktail style thing. You don't buy that ticket and you get a table someplace. Oh, so yeah. you know. <clears throat> Been on those before. Yeah. They're fun. Actually, yeah, until somebody time. gets seasick, otherwise, yeah. Yeah. Or it seems <laughs> to me somebody was telling me the story about how 
they used to serve on those, and it was really rough one day, and they went flying with a tray. Oh. Bad, bad, bad. But it's a great story for everyone involved, I'm sure. Then on Saturday, it's the Fresh Seattle Fresh Hops Festival from 1 to 4 and also 6 to 9. You get to choose when you go. Um, you, can go you can go sober up and go back again. And come back, yeah. Didn't, didn't hit everything I wanted to. $25 in advance, $30 at the door. It's at Hale's Palladium, and that's down in Fremont. And it's 20-plus breweries sampling just-released fresh hops brews. And you and I know from going over to the Yakima area on that tour how many hops are grown in Yakima. I mean, they're used worldwide. It's just insane. A lot. So this is kind of a, a celebration of what we've got going. So I'm seeing all these little beer festivals. Remember when we used to have the Northwest Brew Fest? Yeah, it's still yeah. around, isn't it? I, I don't know. I haven't seen it pop up on our uh-uh. calendar for a while. I have to say it was always Penny who brought that to my attention. Yeah, it was down uh, at the Fifth Avenue at oh, the theater. I thought it was out at Marymore. And they, well, maybe they moved it there, but I, re- oh. I remember going to it in the late 90s, and they would uh, oh. put that floor out across the whole oh, yeah. area, and uh, I, I met Bert Grant there one time. The guy from, um, from Grant's Yakima. Brewing Company. Yeah. So. Wow. That's cool. <clears throat> Let's see. I also met the guy who did the fishtail ale, and he told me there's a little bit of fish in every bottle. <laughs> That actually scares me. <laughs> well, um, on the 13th, what day of the week is that? That is on a Friday. Okay, that's a Friday. The James Beard Foundation Taste America. We're going to talk a little bit about this with Holly Smith, our guest today, because she is one of the chefs who's doing part of the reception portion of the evening. It starts at 6.30. The only tickets available right now are 375 and that's the middle ground. The inexpensive 275 per person tickets are gone already. It's taking place at the Fairmont Olympic Hotel. It's a cocktail and tasting reception and then dinner with the James Beard chefs. So there's a lot of local chefs here that are, are, were nominated or are James Beard chefs. And then there's a, a James Beard chef from North Carolina who's doing one of the uh, uh Courses, so, yeah. Of so the it's, it's a different chef doing each course, right? Is that right, right. And of course, fabulous wine pairings. It's going to be how many courses would we expect at three hundred seventy-five dollars? I think, I think it's like five chefs. Okay. So it's got to be five courses, and there's a you know dessert course of naturally and. But obviously, this is a fundraiser for the foundation yes, for so. the James Beard you know program. So yeah. And then um, also on that 13th Saturday, you're going to have to make a decision because this one's in Prosser. So, um, you know, good luck trying to do both. <laughs> um, this is at Airfield Estates. And one of the things I like about this is that um, they're doing a major dinner. And y- you don't always think about the wineries doing that at their winery. But this is at the winery. Um, it's 6 p.m. They've got live music. 7 p.m. dinner starts. Advanced registration is required by October 6th. It's $85 per person. But they're doing things like a pear and candied pecan tartlet mixed greens with whipped goat cheese and pistachio crumbles, a cro- croquette with roasted chicken and red pepper coulis, beef bourguignon, and a truffle trio for dessert. It's really, I think it's going to be a very nice dinner and fun that it's at the 
the winery. And this is at uh, at the tasting room right there in the block where all right. those tasting rooms are. Right. So they have hotels right nearby that are not expensive, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and they have quite a pretty big room right there in the front. I think it must be they're going to put it right on in the tasting room. They also have rooms in the back. I don't know how many seats they're oh, okay. doing for this. So I, I don't know if it's going to – if they do take that whole thing and make it a big dining room, which would be fun. So that could be your beginning of your uh, Eastern Washington wine trip. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I would suggest since this is a Saturday, don't go wine tasting all day long and then go to this dinner. No, this is on a Friday. Oh, that's a Friday? The yeah. 13th? So you start okay. with uh, – you take Friday the 13th off because you wouldn't oh, want to go yeah. to work anyways no, that day. And then you bad. drive out and get your yeah. hotel and and then go and get dinner and then spend Saturday and Sunday out in the wine Tasting. country. How fun. That's a great idea. All right. And then on October 19th, day of the week, please. Thursday. Thursday. The Classical Wines Wine Dinner at Harvest Vine in Madison Valley. This is at 6 p.m. It's 115 all-inclusive. Dinner, let's see, dinner starts at 6.30. And Classical Wines, I'm assuming is a store, is doing the wine pairings. And you can go to the Harvest Vine uh, website, and they've got an online store, and you can get your tickets there. You can find that information, of course, on our website. Mm -hmm. And then the final one I was going to talk about today is, I I love this name, it's the Lemtoberfest at Walter Clore Center, also in Prosser. This is on the 28th. Oh, I thought this had something to do with lemons, but it has to do with Lemberger. Lemberger It has to do with little-known German varietals. So they're they're tasting Mm -hmm. Lemberger, Mueller Thurgau, Gruner Vetliner, Gewurztraminer, which is pretty well-known, and I can't even pronounce this, a Weilgelt? A Weilgelt? I don't know. A Weilgelt. And then... I Things can't say this, that. but we did try this, and I loved the grape, the Sigarebe. 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 Yeah, that one Cigarebe. I can't do the enunciation. Yes. I'm not German enough. Uh, we, we were taught, and I have completely forgotten clearly. But I think that would be pretty fun. Again, you must be 21. And it is unlimited tastings of wines from 30 wineries from Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. Hmm. I think that would be very interesting because you could really do some comparison of grapes from different states. Yeah. Then they're doing a German style uh, beer, in a mini yeah, beer it's garden. Beer in a mini beer garden, and then homemade bratwurst from Castle Event Catering, and there's live music. That sounds like very fun. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they'll be doing a lamb slider, because I always wanted to pair a lamb burger with a lamb burger. <laughs> hey, and I just lied to you. That is not my last one. I wanted to bring up the Sunday Seahawk brunches at Capitol Grill in downtown Seattle on 4th Avenue, in the historic Cobb Building. Um, they have been doing this before in previous years, but this year they're doing um, every Seahawk Sunday, um, October 29th, November 5th, October 17th, and uh, not October, sorry, November 5th, December 17th, and December 31st. And it's an a la carte brunch menu, so you just choose what you want. Endless mimosas. And they offer complimentary valet parking for these brunches. Do you have some giant screen in there somewhere? No, I think it's go to this and then go to the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they're just doing a pre, pre-game. Because, you know, you could, you could walk <coughs> after that or Uber or bus down to the stadium. Yeah. So that's... Oh, yeah, your Uber. Wait till you see your Uber charge. Yeah. This is mm. a high, high time, so that'll be $46 to get you down to the stadium. 
So I don't know if you can walk it, though, after Endless Mimosas. It might be one of those, let's skip the game and go home. <laughs> Watch so. it on TV. <laughs> so that's really the final on the, on the uh, calendar section. All right. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we've got an interview with Holly Smith of Cafe Juanita. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. This is Russell Lowell, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, this is Jeff from Des Moines, Washington, that is. On a weekend, uh, Saturday, Friday afternoon, my wife and I love to go down to Salty's and Redondo, sit out on the deck, listen to some live music, and enjoy their great appetizers. back with Connie Adams and Tom Marin on the Seattle Dining Show, and today our special guest is Holly Smith from Cafe Juanita, quite the iconic place. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go there actually before you bought it. It's oh been goodness. there a long time. It's, yeah. been, it's a wonderful part of the community. And we're going to talk to Holly about a couple of things. One is that she's part of the James Beard Foundation Taste America 10 City Tour, and that dinner is taking place on October 13th. So let's talk about that first, Holly. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. You bet. Um, you, you know, I love doing James Beard events. You, uh, they're so great at, at expanding the community of chefs to bring in uh, people from out of the city. Oh. Uh, you know, it's, it's just fun. And sometimes I'll travel and go do dinners for them in other places. Oh, fun. Um, uh, as, as other people in the city do often. So uh, we will, I'm going to be doing uh, food at the reception. Oh, which is one okay. of my favorite ways to participate. Uh, I can't remember how many chefs. I think at least five of us are going to be in the reception. There are. I have it here someplace. We can I look think it up. Altora and um, Josh Henderson. Yep. Um, I just saw. Did you it. say Saltoro? No, no, Altora. Altura. Oh, Altora. Yeah, Nathan uh, Lockwood. And so uh, I am going to make. Uh, Little taster dishes is what they want. So at the reception, you okay. walk around and, and get to have quite a few things. Uh, I'm going to do an A5 Miyazaki Wagyu beef. That's incredible. I know. It's so good. And you said that you do. that's the actual meat you'd serve at Cafe it Juanita. It is. It's the only red meat that we serve. Um, and it's it's just it's special, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you can't get it for yourself. So I think that's oh. something as a chef I'm supposed to go out and find for you. you exactly. Know? Exactly. Uh, it's Josh and Nathan that you mentioned, and Max Petty. Oh yeah, from Eden Hill, Great. and then you and Rachel Yang. Lovely. Yeah. So that's, just that's the reception. A new cookbook. Oh really? Yeah. Oh great. Yep. I hadn't heard that. Let's see. And then, oh, they didn't have the. I know that um, Paul, Chef Paul from the yep. Olympic, is going to be there and doing one of the main things. And so. Matt Dillon. Yeah. I and then the woman Ash- Ashley Christians. <laughs> yeah. 
can tell I haven't read all my paperwork. <laughs> yeah, we're doing well. That bad. In um, any case. But she's from North Carolina. I think she's a yes. Beard Award winner as well. She is. And I wanted to talk to you about that, too. Or I'll, I'll, I'll wait a minute because I want to talk a yeah. little bit more about this. But this is a thing that they do every year, mm-hmm. and they do it in 10 cities. So um, in the Northwest, this is about the sixth year, I think, that the North uh, Northwest city has been included. We've represented quite well, haven't we? I we think, have, which uh, goes to show what's happening here. It's a pretty vibrant community, I think, of restaurants. And, and, you know, when I was first coming up, I moved here, I think, in 93. And um, I ended up working for Tom Douglas for five oh. years. But he was, you know, in, in hoping to align myself to work for people who were um, playing on a national stage and doing mm-hmm. interesting food. Um, Honestly, from an outsider coming in, he was the only one that I heard about when I first came right. in. Now, things were different once you're in the community, but um, it's different today. And, oh, yeah. and Tom continues to be um, a great uh, leader, uh, but there's so many other people, and um, the Beard recognizes many, you know, right. yearly. It's fun. Right. And it's not um, – when they recognize somebody, it's not always somebody that's like Tom. No, that, you know everybody knows and everything. Yeah. They're really looking at the quality of food and the innovative yeah. dishes and things like that. No, they have to. I mean, you have to have dined. Um, people who vote have to have dined with that that chef, uh, which is a little bit of a loophole, possibly. Yeah. They could have had, say, my food at an event in Texas. Oh, um, oh not th- necessarily at Cafe yeah. Juanita. Um, okay. Although, if you're gonna, we've been nominated in service and. And overall, and they have to have been in the restaurant within the last year. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're they're out, you know, yeah. working hard eating. <laughs> I <laughs> want that job. Exactly. Wait, I have that job. Yeah, so you kind of have that job. <laughs> you know, you have actually been a James Beard Award winner. Talk to us a little bit about what that was like mm-hmm. and what it, what it was for um, specifically, and then sure. how has it has it changed anything for you? You know, it's an an, an odd thing. Um, I, I I can't remember how many I was nominated quite a few times for Outstanding Chef Pacific Northwest before winning, which is a very typical a very typical thing, and um, a combination of not wanting to walk in high heels, my own choice, I understand, <laughs> uh, on the Lincoln Center stage, and also realizing that people thought I won every year. I mean, a subset oh. assumed that the nomination meant that you won. Um, I it was a bit of a a letdown to actually win in some ways. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, that, it probably well, makes no sense. your friend said you won again? Exactly. And then you realize you're like, and I'm never going to win again. Um, because, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 we've been fortunate. We've gotten a lot of, of accolades and, and attention through the years. Um, I don't think that I probably view it or relate to it the way other people do. Oh. It doesn't really feel real to me yeah. in that whole regard. Um, we have subsequently um, been nominated as Outstanding Restaurant in the United States oh, and wow. Outstanding Service in the U.S. Those I love. Yes. You know, that's the stuff that I'm proud of us as because a whole. Because you did a team. Yeah. You put a team together that's killing. If, if, you, if you pick me out of a sea of worthy and amazing people when it takes an army mm-hmm. for me to be able to deliver, that feels less real. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to try to honor my team, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And I think they deserve yeah. it. I think it's a little hard to, uh, f- for a lot of people, if you don't have a ton of ego, to just be like, 
oh, really? It's all about me. Well, it's you true. Know. You know, and everything's subjective, right? Especially when it comes to food. And so um, uh, you may or may not like what I like. Um, exactly. Doesn't mean it's not good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. um, but if you're, you know, and for me, it's, it's, I love cooking. I love creating food, but I am more moved by creating a space and an experience for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that is the stuff that the hospitality is what keeps me coming yeah. back to it daily. And the fact that your guests come back. Oh it's yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was that good. You're yeah. going to keep coming back. Well, and we're there. You know, I mean, I've been open 17 years at Cafe Juanita. And um, so we've celebrated with the same guests, marriages, deaths. And now graduations. Graduations, you know, births. It's, it's, you, you, um, it's a real community that's been built. So it's, um, it's meaningful to me. And yeah. Far beyond if you like that plate of food. And, yeah. You know. What made you want to do that? I mean, you'd been cooking, obviously, in various kitchens and... What made you think, I really want my own? Oh, I always knew I wanted my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but although I, I, I went into cooking, I went to cooking school so that I could learn a component of it in order to open a restaurant. Oh. Um, I definitely forgot about that in the early years of, you know, the exhaustion and interest and, and <laughs> the big learning curve. Um, but I don't know. I wanted – it's fun to create a place – for people mm-hmm. and to not be constrained by other people saying no. Yeah. <laughs> what, in a way, no. it would have been hard because Cafe Juanita was well known and loved. So, I, but how, it's so funny. I had no idea. So I didn't oh, grow. Really? I didn't grow up here. And by the time oh, I gosh. got here, frankly, it had not it lost had, some it, of its it shine. Had lost some of its shine, and and which is, I mean, it was it was aging, and mm-hmm. and um, so it's funny because I mean I knew it existed, and I knew well enough. Whether I'm right or wrong, part of me would really like to have changed that name. Um, <laughs> but um, the opportunity to be in that space um, was—it uh, felt like my very first restaurant um, mm-hmm. that I worked in. It was in a home as well, and so um, I—I I don't know. I think I felt I, I didn't have the confidence that it would be a destination restaurant like it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was comfortable with it being. Um, kind of this standalone, singular. Mm-hmm. We don't look like everybody else. Yeah, that, we're that, not in a strip mall. And right, exactly. Yeah, or downtown in a in a building. And yeah. and um, that's the kind of place that I like to go to. You know, yeah. that doesn't feel like everything else. Um, you know, and subsequent after all these years, now I own the building. I oh wow, spent that's a long time um, removing. 17 to 25 years of old <laughs> restaurantness out of it. I didn't actually I just paid, you know, dearly yeah. for it. But um, <laughs> uh, now it's it's now it's kind of it feels like a whole brand new restaurant to me. Yeah. It is in many ways a and whole yours. brand new restaurant. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Your vision. Yeah. How has the food changed since mm. you took it over? Well, it was I never cooked there, so it was never the only odd, odd similarities. I walked in with a concept to the to the previous owner that happened to be Italian. Um, I didn't do that because of the space that it was. That was the concept that I had. Oh, okay. uh, which is probably why we were put together. Um, so I had only eaten there once, so I have no recollection. You yeah. know, I, there's no reference back yeah. to that for me. But even even from when you took it over to today. Oh yeah, from from me opening in 2000 to today, it's um, it's kind of wacky. I think we're far better. I think that. Um, 
uh, if if you looked from the outside, you'd say, oh, there's rabbit on the menu, there's rabbit on the menu. Um, I mean, it's still me. It's still food uh-huh. that I love. But um, I think we have embraced what our guests wanted increasingly. Oh, okay. and the amount of people that are doing tasting menus is... It's frankly shocking sometimes to me. It's great. Oh. It's lovely. Um, and the remodel, I felt like... So we, we... The nice thing about being 17 to 18 years old and dedicated to that one space is that um, we've had a lot of things to learn from. Yeah. And um, so about year 16, I said, I really want us to stand in our maturity. You know, <laughs> we can do this. And... Um, and uh, so we worked on a lot of – we worked further on service details. We worked further on um, timing and and really refining dishes. And um, and then to come back and come back into a space that looks far posher than we had before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm less apo- – now I'm apologetic for the space. I was always a little oh, bit like, really? try not to go to the bathroom if you can help it. <laughs> it's – Go at home. <laughs> Please go at home and don't look at the ceiling. Um, so I don't feel guilty about the space anymore, which is really, really nice. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so I think that we are um, we're more mature. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying really hard with a lot of good heart and and good technique. The technique's better. We're more refined. We're pushing for more. I'm pushing for more refinement. My kitchen's pushing for more refinement. And the same thing with the service. Okay. And we probably have twice the amount of people in the space working daily wow. than, than we did in the beginning. Wow. So That's amazing. Now there's two busters and a food runner and a wine director. Yeah. And, a, you know, it's, yeah. it's um, so. Now, why are you shocked at the amount of people doing tasting menus? Shocked in a good way or a bad way? Oh, and, and, and I'm, why? I'm ecstatic about it. Oh, okay. Um well, it's a it's a different type of commitment, and I think that um, I've been around here long enough to remember Seattle uh, embracing the casual kind of with with white knuckles, like mm-hmm. holding on to it, and I don't want to give it up. Yeah. Um, and now that said, we've always been oddly. I, I was surprised that Cafe when it was a special occasion restaurant from day one for me. Yeah. Um, we see birthday, birthday anniversary, and everything. Um, but, you know, it's Tuesday night, and 35% of the people are having nine-course tasting menus. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's... I like, I like to do that, because I want to know what the restaurant's all about, and that's a great way for me to do it. And I, you know, I can't go to them all over and over again, so... It, it's true. It's true. And we do. We try to, you know, take you on a journey that mm-hmm. of things that we love in that moment, uh, you know, in that season. Um yeah, and I, but you know, it's 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 exciting. So yeah. trusting that, um, and kind of continuing to push, yeah. you know, continue to offer those types of things. Do you think that the people in this area have are just that into food, or is it because there's so much money with Google and Amazon yeah. and things like that that people can afford it? So it's opening their eyes. It's a good thing right. either way. But well, I mean, is it? Is it food first or is it we can do it so let's do it? I don't know. That's a great question. I think that they are intertwined because because we are incredibly fortunate. I'm lucky as a business owner to be in um, a really stable market. I mean, yes. it really is oh, yeah. um, much more so than than many places across the country right now in the last few years. Um, and so does that 
that disposable income that we see used here also mean that you've probably been traveling more. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt from the beginning, you know, I cooked in downtown Seattle forever, and it was, especially when I first moved here back in the 90s, I mean, there was a Seattle versus the east side. Oh, oh, yeah. You know? Yes, there was. You went to the east side. And I got over there um, as an outsider moving here also, but I got over here and realized, well, I'm feeding a ton of Europeans. I'm feeding a lot of, you know, people who are probably here working for Microsoft, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, who are super savvy. Yeah. I, Lots the, of people with H-1B visas. Ex- hmm. H-1B. <laughs> H-1B visas. Yeah. Oh, visas. The visa that visas. allows them to come in and oh, work oh, oh. here. And- okay. Yeah. And so I, you know, I felt like the, I feel like often, I mean, not to disparage Seattle, we love you too, but we have very savvy, savvy um, guests. And, yeah. and um, so, but the foodie thing is, not, I mean, yeah, when you see the 20-somethings come in and drop a ton of cash. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great. But the millennials, are, you know, that's, I mean, the, the what was millennials technically, like late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that um, they're doing well here, first of all. And mm-hmm. by nature, this is what they're spending their cash on, yeah. you know, across the country. Yeah. It's great. That's it's so fun. Good. It's yeah. fun. Tell me about the um, nominations for service and stuff. How do mm-hmm. you pull a team together? And and get people to to be so happy to be working together that they do this thing. They want to accomplish this thing. Um, I think that I've been a good interviewer through the years Mm. consistently. Um, The job market right now is looking for uh, any staff, front or back, um, and not just the restaurant industry, uh, many, uh, is is terrifying right now. Uh, But we... We hire the person, not their resume. Mm. We always have. Um, and we train slowly. So oh, okay. most, you know, I, I just hired a new person uh, for the floor and said, you know, in the middle of her interview, said, you know, no surprise. Um, you, you've been a manager just about everywhere. Most of my floor staff has been pulled into management constantly because that's, they see things. They, you know, it's the person that, Please, can I make you a manager? Um, yeah. And but what they really want to do is take care of guests. And so I I tend to look for people who also have hospitality as their why. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that whole um, idea of le- leading from your why instead of your you know mm-hmm. your what you're selling. It's like yeah. no, I'm 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 trying to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're you know I don't care if you've been in the industry for 20 years, you won't get. The servers won't have a table at Cafe Juanita usually for two to three weeks oh, wow. that they begin working with us. Um, so, and and they're, you know, the people who stay who are the right ones don't want one <laughs> because yeah. they're, they have a lot to assimilate and learn so that they can get to the table and... And be helpful. Yep, and take you where yeah. they need to take you. So um, we do, try not to rush past the foundation okay. with anybody. That's great. Yeah. I can think in jobs... Any jobs I've had, that's the worst time. Being the new person is the worst time. Exactly. You can't answer any questions. Every single question is. You don't I'll know find where anything is. For you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, you know, we. It, everyone says this probably in this industry, but we don't practice on the guests. 
Um, so, uh, so I find if you're willing to do that, if you're a server or, you know, a kitchen chef, you know, a, a chef is willing to, you know, be a prepper for two and a half, three weeks before you get to make one salad and, you mm-hmm. know, um, and understands why we're doing that. We're doing that for the guest and we're doing that for you. So we don't get you any of those people in a position that they can't perform yeah. to their best ability. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes, but yeah. you don't, you know, I don't want you to not know that you've made one. Yes. <laughs> so. Well, I would think people would actually, that probably would bond the team. They've all gone through those steps. It's not like somebody comes in and they're yeah. at the height and they don't have to deal with yeah. any of that. It's and everybody. Been, and they've been trained by you and you and you, you know what I mean? Yeah. They've gone around the table and every single person's put their kind of this works for me yeah. into their tool bag. Yeah. Um, and so they do have, an, uh, I think, a respect and an intimate understanding of how they're, the team they're working with, how those individuals think yeah. and work. Because we're, you know, everyone has their quirks. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, and it's family too. We spend a lot of time with each other. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, I love when it's a, um, a varied group of human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, it ten- and we have a, we have a, an especially great group of people right now. Oh, um, so I must say. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's, it's interesting. It may be outside the restaurant industry too, but it just seems that, and I think it's the hours and, yeah things but it does bond people and i remember talking to someone at a restaurant about another restaurant and i was saying you know the owner's kind of dysfunctional i mean oh yeah but yet people have stayed and stayed and stayed at that restaurant what's the deal and they said we stay for each other well yes but and i've uh i try not to be the dysfunctional one but i'm sure i am <laughs> it wasn't times. about you no no but but <laughs> But in a, but sometimes you'll see that family dynamic in the in the best and most, you know. Sometimes those families look really great, but yeah. everyone's kind of agreeing to the dysfunction, you exactly. know. And it's, um, uh, yeah, it can kind of be like you're doing a great job, but you might need to you might need help. Get your oxygen mask <laughs> on first. Uh, you no, might need it's counseling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's um, and I think that's the other thing is trying to. Uh, for me, create a space that is very professional. And and it's also very personal. It's not that it's not personal, mm-hmm. but oh, no. um, it's, it's I, I kind of reel against the stereotypes of, especially chef probably for me, you know, that you have to be up until three in the morning drinking. You know, yes. it doesn't do anybody well and it has no longevity. And so um, we're talking about, all that kind of stuff and really healthy habits and how do you physically take care of yourself with young 20-something chefs? That's so great. Because, you know, my knees are messed up because I didn't think about how I was standing until I got into my 40s. Yeah, you know? exactly. So we try to have those conversations too. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd want people to know about your restaurant <gasps> that we haven't talked about? I don't know. Come, <laughs> come and see us. Uh, we, you know, we opened our patio for the first time this summer. That was, oh. well, second time, but first real time. Just built a wood-fired oven out there. Oh, fun. Um, so, you know, come yeah. by. You don't have to come for a tasting menu. I think people do think sometimes that we're um, fancier than we think that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we're perfectly content if you stop by for pasta. Yeah. So, do you have, like, a, a special room yeah. on site in case... Uh, Satya wants to come over, Bill Gates wants to come over. Do you have a place you can lock them up at? We do. We have a really nice private dining room. 
um, that uh, that was facilitated in the remodel. It used to be downstairs in basically the Brady Bunch rec room, I think is what Nancy Lisa <laughs> called it. Um, and that is now a lounge. So oh. if you come a little early, you can have a drink. Oh, nice. Nice. But yeah, there's a private dining room, so we can lock up the uh, the fancy people, the fancy people. So besides visiting Holly at Cafe Juanita, you there are some tickets left in that middle band for Taste America. Oh, the, good. The two seventy five tickets are sold out, and the twenty five hundred dollar premier tables are sold out. Oh, that's wonderful. So the three hundred seventy five tickets there are some available. So it's It'll cocktail be attire, great fun, and some I think some pretty amazing uh, auction packages too. If I'm oh, not okay. mistaken, so. okay. And uh, our local B and E meats butchers are doing the meat for the one of the main dishes. So they're all involved this year, which is fun. Yeah. So head that's great. head on out to your laptop and get on and get those tickets thanks for having me yeah thank you for being here my pleasure all right we're going to take a break and when we come back we've got some uh, tips and tricks and we're going to tell you how to repurpose a wine bottle in a way you thought you never would support for seattle dining and the seattle dining show is provided in part by queen anne olive oil explore their huge selection of flavor infused olive oils and balsamics mix and match to create some unique taste treats take a field trip soon to the top of queen anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way find more information at queenanneoliveoil.com this is christian from Traveri cellars in yakima and you're listening to the seattle dining show hi my name is miles and i live in Kelowna, british columbia when i visit seattle My favorite restaurants are any of the Ethan Stowe or Tom Douglas restaurants. Holly for coming today. That was really an interesting interview and, and exciting, you know, to talk to somebody who's been a James, who is a James Beard Award winner and who's done such a great job for 17 years at Cafe Juanita. Yeah. So we always like to end the show with some tips, and that's the part of the show we're at at this moment. So, um, Tom, why don't you start with a in-home tip? Okay. Um, I've been having fun making French toast different ways. And uh, one of my favorite ways to do it is to add in a tablespoon of uh, blood orange-infused olive oil. Mm, mm, mm. And, uh, and then uh, I usually do it with almond milk mm-hmm. and a couple eggs, and it's really good. But uh, I went looking for the eggs the other day and didn't have any. So I sort of tore a page out of my old Time Life cookbooks, and instead of adding orange juice, I added cranberry juice. Yeah. Well, you had eggs. You didn't have almond milk. Oh, it was almond milk. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, Cranberry uh, juice is not really a substitute for eggs. I want to make that clear. Well, it's not, it's not the greatest substitute for, <laughs> for the almond milk, but it worked. It worked. You and just it was have kind... to cook them a little bit longer to get the moisture out of them. Yeah, and, and, you know, the combination of that cranberry and orange olive oil, orange and cranberry is a wonderful combination. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's I'm, see. Let's let's save the the gadget for last because it's a, such a okay incredibly good idea. So I'll do the uh, out 
going out tip. And we've talked before about opening your eyes and trying some new things, but um, we, we talked earlier about um, Cycene, and and I'm saying explore because I would turn down most times southern food and grits. And yeah, I'm, it not, was I'm not a just, fan of like collard greens and stuff. Yeah, and this was just delicious. So, um, you know, if you're iffy about something, maybe see if they're open for lunch. Maybe you don't want to spend the money for dinner and find out, you know, I really don't like it. But, you know, you can do something fairly quick for lunch. It's not costly. And if you like it, you know you want to come back and try something more at dinner. So, um, and maybe, I was maybe just, ask them if they have a tasting menu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a sandwich <laughs> shop. Can I just have a bite of your, it's like a taste of wine. Yeah. I also noticed I was doing a lot of running around last week while you were gone. And, uh, and I saw a lot of places, none of which I can remember now, of course, because I was in my car zipping by them. But there were a lot of places I thought, I haven't been there, I haven't been there, I haven't been there. I can't keep so, up with them all. I know. So it's, you know, just 26 new places in the last couple of months or yeah, so? Yeah, I don't know. Man, what time it's, it's insane. It's really. And it's probably more than that, you know. And there will be more because there's going to be, uh, we're, we're hearing the rumor from uh, sources that we can't identify that five more places will close down in South Lake Union shortly. Was it all South Lake Union? Yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, so that means there's going to be five new places yeah. in South Lake Union <laughs> on top of the five new ones we got just because Ferristart opened up. What, yeah. Three or four new ones? Five. 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 Yeah. So, it's huge. Yeah, how, do you, how can we do it all? How can our, how can our stomach line and handle it all? I know. And, and we want to, but our stomach uh, keeps getting bigger. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I've oh. been holding at a particular point. Oh, I have too. It's just that it's bigger than it needs to be. All right. Uh, so the tip is um, on it's, a gadget. It's uh, yeah, the gadget, the gadget tip. Uh, it's fruit fly season, and uh, unless you want to go out, run out and buy a fly strip, and you know how how horrible it is when that thing gets stuck to your clothing. Yes. Um, but I, I ran across this uh, out of out of uh, I don't know. I ran across it the other day in a weird way. Uh, I went to pour myself a glass of wine on a bottle of wine I had left open on the counter. And uh, out came six little swimming fruit flies. <laughs> so I strained them out, and I drank the wine anyways. I didn't care. <laughs> That's the kind of guy you are. <clears throat> and then what I did was instead of finishing the bottle, which is unusual for me, <laughs> um, I left uh, about a, a quarter inch of wine in that bottle. And uh, sure enough, by the next day, I had like 30 wow. drunken dead fruit flies in uh, the wine bottle. If you got to go, that's not a bad way. Yeah. So I tried this the other night, again, with a different kind of wine. I, now, on the first time, it was Pinot Gris from Dusted Valley. So maybe, you know, I want you to write that down. The, those are um, really well-heeled fruit flies. They're like, we're not going for Lancers. They're, I think they're know? going for the sweeter wines. Yeah. And so uh, then I did it with Chardonnay from Bear Vineyards. And uh, not that to get too much activity on mm. that one. So, uh, you know, just grab yourself a, a bottle of that Boomtown Pinot Gris and yeah. enjoy most of it. And see if it doesn't solve your fruit fry problem like it Interesting. did for me. Well, you know what? We mentioned this to Holly when she was here. And she said that one of her staff members brought in some carnivorous plants. Oh, yeah. And that uh, that was helping. Because fruit flies are everywhere, you just—it's just part Wouldn't of life. Wouldn't that be a liability problem? I mean, like, what if one of your customers got bit? Yeah, you know, that could be a problem. Maybe you'd have to turn Cafe Juanita into a uh, uh, entertainment like 
show thing, and then they could do that show, that the Broadway show about the plant that ate. Oh people. yeah, That's what, I can't remember the yeah. name of that now. So, just a suggestion if things start going bad for Holly, you know, she, at least she's got a secondary thing she can fall back on. <laughs> All right, it, it's time to wrap up. Thank you for joining us on the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it is free to do so. Just visit www.seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. We want you to dine safe, we want you to dine well, and we want you to dine in and out often. See you next month. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, a Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show